Hello. <laughs> Hello, Alex. Hello and, and welcome to the Omnia, I always find this ridiculous to do, but I'll do it anyway. Welcome to the Omnia Performance Podcast. Uh, with me today is uh, my good friend and uh, sometime, this time, coach, uh, Alex Viada. Hi, Alex. Hi, how you doing, Johnny? <laughs> good. That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just, just before we started, we've been discussing the fact that uh, you know how I'm doing. So that's <laughs> so we'll, we'll cover off some of that as we go. Um, before we do that, the usual stuff, um, I always say Fergus does this better, but I'm starting to believe there's not much to it, frankly, is that uh, if you are listening and enjoy, then subscribe, press all the buttons, give us a review, uh, give us a wave, all, all the, I don't know, all, all the things that need to happen to make this happen. Please do them for us. Um, we have all kinds of services that we offer. Uh, just jump on Omniapog, nope, Omniaperformance. Uh, on the website and have a look through that. Uh, if this isn't the most crap beginning to a podcast ever, then you are. You, I like well. the authenticity, personally. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. I, I could have read that. I could have read a script there, but it would have just been a script. Yeah. Um, how are you doing, mate? You asked me how I was doing. You know, I'm uh, screaming at the walls. How, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm certainly not doing that. So, you know, <laughs> thinking about my uh, relatively cushy weekend and, uh, you know, just relaxing, sitting back going, yeah, this guy's about to do some hard stuff. I'll, uh, you know, in between my Starbucks coffee, I'll be sitting here watching you on the tracker. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing well. No, but thanks for, thanks for asking. Very well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> looking, on, looking on from a, from a, from a distance at this is, uh, I, ca I can't do that at the moment. Obviously uh, I'm, I'm kind of so deeply entrenched in it, in my head. Yeah. I, I have no objective perspective anymore. So it's always interesting to hear what other people think of it. And I guess that's one thing that, that you and I have enjoyed throughout this process is, um, you're and, and my I've enjoyed very much because it's been a while since I've been directly coached. I think the last coach I had before you was you, in actual fact. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, <laughs> half a decade prior to that, literally, yeah, yeah, give or take, uh, yeah, it must have been. No. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting as well because it gives me a kind of a viewpoint that I haven't had, not just managing the, the practical elements, as in here's the prescription, here's what I think you should lift based on it, X, Y, and Z. Uh, and here's here's how fast you should try to run, etc. It's mostly the, the fun I've had with it has been the the uh, sharing of information has been sometimes enlightening. You know, you can look at these kind of things within your own you know, within your own kind of myopic tunnel view and say, "This is how I feel. This is how I'm doing." And I've been yeah. wrong. I've been <laughs> quite wrong on, on a couple of <laughs> on a couple of occasions, and actually to to a, to a positive end in actual fact, which tells me yeah. something about character and, and something about my interaction with my own effort. Yeah. Uh, I'll maybe come back to that, but it's it's been pretty interesting. Um, what what have, you, what have you thought about it all? It's, that's a question I should have and I, I should apologise for not asking, but. Looking in on what's going on and looking in on on uh, how the um, you know what the end goal has been, which for anybody who who's only just tuned into this one episode, I'm uh, moving 250 kilometers across the Arctic Circle in a, what five days time. Um, so yeah, it, has it been fun for you or has it just been a dull walk? Like oh, for oh God's no, sake, uh, I just get on the treadmill. <laughs> 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 no, for me it's been fantastic, and I think what's what's made it so interesting is working with an individual with your background, it's, you know, these, these sort of ultra endurance events are always interesting because people talk about the reason that they, the, the reasons that they, they don't succeed. It's, it, it, there's so much circumstance to it. There's, there's such a mental aspect to it. There's, there's so much that goes into it. If somebody isn't 
as, isn't accustomed to doing these. They never know what's going to happen when they get out there and, and things get challenging, things get difficult. And so part of the part of the training for, for folks like that is very much continuously mentally testing them and, and forcing them to empty the well a little bit to see how they react, to see what kind of feedback, to see where, where they're not just where the weaknesses are, but what their positions of strength are that they fall back on when things get challenging and, you know, helping people get through that process. Um, with you, there's been much, much less need for that, I, I think, because, uh, you know, a big part of a big part of your programming is, you know, you've always had the, the mental toughness sometimes to your detriment and, you know, the ability to continue on even when you're <laughs> definitively uh, on shattered limbs. So you know, I, I think a, a large part of this has been, you know, very much just saying, OK, this is an individual who has all the all the prerequisites, you know, even the the physical, the mental prerequisites and all that. The, the objective is just to get you in a situation where there's there's no weaknesses at this point so it's allowed for a real variety of training trying to shore up different sides of your performance trying to make sure that you know you don't have to worry about the big picture you know because the, the big picture is, is so much of it and we'll talk about is preparation and you know physical preparation and gear and strategy and all that but the the, the moment to moment uh, the moment to moment fitness the moment to moment ability to make the right decisions and all that being able to very much design the programming to benefit that it's it's a it's a real switch and I, I think it's made made doing all this and working on all this with you and hearing your perspective as somebody who knows exactly what's about to come because you've done extraordinarily challenging events before mm -hmm. it's it's been a you know it's been a honestly a big learning process for myself as well especially seeing your interpretation of performance in certain areas versus what i'm seeing from where i'm sitting yeah, that's been that's fun. Been yeah, it has been. It has been. I think we'll come to that. I think probably what, what to do then is if we we can build a picture out of how the programming has been built uh, between us. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on that, being that you you built the programming. But the yeah. um, the ultimate goal, as we say, has been it's it's not just is it? It's not just getting across this particular event. It's getting across. Mm -hmm. It's extrapolating out and considering that we've got four events. Uh, uh, that, so so these four extreme ultra marathons. So we've got a kind of a half an eye on the fact that we need to also be resilient enough physically, I suppose, is a, is a reasonable way to put it, to recover afterwards in preparation, uh, to be capable to prepare for the next one. Uh, and then there's also our, our hybrid lean on all this in that we also don't want to come out of it shaped like a pencil and unable to lift a barbell. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, right. any more than I already am. That much. I should probably. <laughs> so we're trying to kind of lean into the strength work um well wh why don't i let you take the lead on that and, and kind of sure. uh, what what the kind of main considerations because i think uh, before i waffle on any further it's it's been interesting or it would be interesting for somebody to look on from outside from a maybe a, a more ultra based world and, and have a look at what we're doing and and, and why so so uh, maybe as a, a bit of an interesting bit of background um the I remember when we first started talking about this project, uh, you pointed out to a training program, a template that I had put together mm -hmm. uh, called the the Peak Performance Template. And the, the what was Batman, it? The Batman. The Batman template. template. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I was I got a question months and months and months ago, uh, like how would you do programming for Batman? And I started thinking, okay, what what are the qualities in an individual like this that that facilitate? You know, because one of the things from a strength and conditioning background, when you're helping an athlete perform, or in this case, you know, Batman, he has to do everything. What you want to do with a strength and conditioning program is you can never injury proof somebody, but you want to try to mitigate any weaknesses that they have. You want to do training in such a way that it complements their primary sport, which can be extremely multifaceted. 
and do so in such a way that you're addressing potential weaknesses that simply engaging in their sport over and over again are going to create. So what I started looking at is I started looking at what are the things that cause injury in running? Here you have a big guy. He's going to be running all the time. He's running all night. He's doing acrobatics. Uh, I started looking at data on things like stress fractures and data on things like, uh, you know, even shin splints, plantar fasciitis. Yeah. What are the factors that seem to mitigate the chance of this sort of injury, which got me into a lot of what you'll see, you know, the, the plyometric and agility side of yeah, the program. Right. Um, looking at a lot of things that had to do with chronic injury, uh, chronic upper body injury in things like military and individuals who are carrying large packs over time. You know, this is an individual who's going to be wearing armor. He's going to, you know, so a lot of that then came into how I designed a lot of the medleys and a lot of the conditioning and bringing in components from, uh, you know, when we used to train about uh, for ultras and doing things like endless walking lunges. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was pulling a lot of these disparate components that are all a combination of you know, injury reduction and improving agility and doing different types of training in certain modalities that are meant to do things like improve your ability to recover between sets and improve your ability to maintain focus and mental acuity during challenging endurance events and challenging, you know, challenging evenings, how to deal with sleep deprivation. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of that all came together into this program, which is what I think caught your eye. And uh, I basically what we've done is build on that. Yeah. And using that general framework of incorporating a combination of, you know, there's certainly strength work in there. There's, there's absolutely work that is all about balance and proprioception, maintaining basic barbell competencies and actually improving your strength uh, mm -hmm. early on. Uh, doing a lot of work that involves how to maintain balance, directional changes, because even if this is a, an ultra event, there are still directional changes. And, uh, you know, not when you get fatigued, if you step on a rock, if you're fresh and you step on a rock and you roll your ankle, you immediately recover. If you're fatigued and you step on a rock and roll your ankle, you go down. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that has been, let's work on, let's work on agility. Let's work on balance. Let's work on unilateral work, not to just improve your muscular endurance, but to improve your coordination and balance and ability to recover from, you know, different, different challenges. So putting that all together into the programming, it's been very much, let's incorporate all of this on the strength and quote unquote functional fitness side of things. And then as well, focus on obviously the aerobic component and make sure that not only do you have the, the baseline aerobic adaptations needed to do this, but you also still have the a lot of the high intensity adaptations that sometimes get lost because those are very much what's responsible for helping you maintain things like mental acuity, ability to recover even after going up a you know short steep hill when you're already carb depleted and suddenly you go extremely anaerobic over a short period of time, you know, a lot of that. Yeah. So it's been this kind of multifaceted everything together and really just being able to put it together based on based on your feedback and based on your data yeah it's, it's been a, it's been a, a really interesting journey for me like you say that initial peak performance batman template did did uh, uh, draw me in so fast it was beautifully written and really an interesting concept um, because you can do what we have done is say okay johnny Payne, he might be very very good looking but he's not batman so what do we, what do we do with this, uh, you know, to make it, you know, to, to apply it? And actually some of the application wasn't far off, you know, initially it's become, it's become ours, this, this whole project, obviously, but uh, some of the initial application was very similar to how that was, sorry, all the principles were there, weren't they? Because, yeah. um, because I, I was uh, attending to jujitsu, I was doing other things in, in, in that realm, if you like, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. But from a specificity purpose, uh, what has been fun uh, to see actually play out, and you and I haven't actually had this conversation, but 
the plyometric, the agility stuff, uh, uh, and and the stuff that you probably associate more, or, or coaches perhaps and athletes would probably associate more with, um, I don't know, high force production sports like like, like sprinting or, or 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 you know, fast moving, fast paced games like like rugby or whatever. Where, where, <clears throat> excuse me, that that change of direction has an obvious kind of uh, uh, application. Is I've seen that play out now. A couple of times in the hills for real and and being able to kind of have that kind of uh, moment of flashback to the, to the training and said well, well this fucking works because <laughs> this this role that you described it perfectly actually this kind of step on a small stone and it's like a it's like a you know marbles in a kid's room kind of moment where your feet go out and the other one which wasn't even planted at the time is now got to do the job of, of saving your yeah. skin yeah. Uh, I did that on a, on a, on a decent clip down at, down the hill the other day. Rolled out, foot went away. I had that, you know, microsecond. Well, that's it. Fucked <laughs> moment. <laughs> as, as we've talked about the last week or so. Exactly. Yeah. And it landed in in, in a really. And this is on my bad legs. Well, landed uh, in in a really quite impressive pistol <laughs> that that, I then, that I then sprung right back out of. But the balance, the, the balance, and the agility uh, were sharp. I felt sharp, and and uh, I have no doubt that. Well, six months ago, had I not been doing that particular style of training uh, uh, as, as as a key part in our program, I think that I, I think that would have been a bad moment, a real bad moment. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, that's only my personal experience and an anecdote, I suppose. But uh, it seems to play out. But it's, yep. I think I'd be right in saying, and, and I'm sure you'd agree that people wouldn't expect to see that in in a program that's. I suppose ultimately the end goal or, or the the key one of the key goals is ultra marathon, but. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very applicable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it, it's so often neglected. And I, I think there's often this pursuit of just saying, if I'm going to be spending training time, I've got to be putting more miles on my feet and, you know, just doing the, the long runs and everything else. And there's absolutely, absolutely a role for that. But, you know, it, you I mean, and, and you've been there. What's what's been the what's been the, the wrench that gets thrown into uh, you know, pretty much every every unsuccessful endeavor you see an ultra runner do it's usually they they injure something something goes yeah. wrong yeah. it's very rarely and you know hey, look if you were if you were trying to train for a, a f- flat fast best 100 miler you could ever do then you know it might be a little bit different we're saying okay that's that's less of a concern but what we're trying to do here is yes it's an ultra but more than anything else it is a it's a constant test of a constant test of acuity of durability i mean because endurance isn't just the physical ability to perform a task uh, you know, to generate power. It's not being able to move at X speed over X amount of time. It's not just that. It's the ability to be both physically and mentally able to address every challenge that's going to arise along the way. And yeah. it's it's really easy to forget that because, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of times people will be spending time going, well, why am I, why am I going to program myself plyometrics when I've got 60 minutes today? I should just go out for an easy run or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's going to be more applicable. And it's easy to lose sight of that. No, I think it is, mate. I think it is. And, it's, and again, that, that comes back to one of those um, great moments for me as a coach uh, to be on the flip side of that now as as being coached, as being your athlete in this regard. Because I dare say that although when I've got my coaching hat on, I can see these things uh, quite well. As an athlete putting it together for myself, yeah. I know I'd have said, well, I'll shave. It's a little bit like packing the bag at the moment. It's like, what can I, what can I leave out of yeah. this? pack that's probably yeah. not going to kill me to not have it 
Um, but then you, you're likely sometimes best to take that extra kilo and just to stretch that analogy and, and make sure that you've got everything you need. And it's, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely panned out well. Yeah. Uh, something else you mentioned earlier on, which I've been enjoying uh, because, it, it, frankly, because it feels fun to do, uh, but I've also been enjoying the benefits of uh, is the uh, we've done quite a lot of sprint work, haven't we? Actually, mm -hmm. yeah. really pushing the, the the top end speed, and, and I guess really speed is is a proxy for something else that we're doing. In actual fact, we're not we don't need to make me fast so much as push me into a certain place uh, from from an yeah. energy systems perspective. But uh, yeah. talk us through that, Alex, because that that's been fun to do because it just feels like good balls out, you know, balls to the wall work. But uh, yeah. we've we've had some nice moments with that kind of stuff as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. And, uh, you know, again, that's that's something else I think it's left out very often is that uh, the higher intensity work starts to go by the wayside. And uh, there's you know a, lo a lot of things from the high intensity work that you're talking about, because, I, you know, I still believe if you look at the, you know, you look at the you look at the top ultra runners, these are not slow individuals. And I, I think especially for a lot of people who are saying, OK, you know, I'm, I'm building up to this challenge. Uh, the first thing that they compromise on, they sacrifice is the speed work. But the short time domain adaptations that we're talking about a lot of the local cellular adaptations um, you know again certain you know, parts of the mitochondrial profiles and enzymes and everything else very much associated still even on very long distances with recovery even between short bouts um even if you're doing a very very aerobic sort of activity you know you go up one sharp climb and you're already tapping into those systems and it's the kind of thing where there's there's still a trickle down effect. You're still if you're doing one to two to three minute intervals, a lot of those adaptations on a cellular level are still benefiting you on the longer duration work. Mm. You're still improving your ability to utilize oxygen at a cellular level. You're still improving a lot of that local capillary density and all that. You're still becoming more efficient at slower speeds by doing some of the higher intensity work. And not only that, but you're still doing things like improving leg turnover, which on downhills can be extremely important. Uh, you're doing things like improving your body's ability to brace at speed, which again yeah. is you're not going to be sprinting, but there might be a couple sections where you're moving downhill, you're moving quickly. You never know what it's going to throw at you. So, of course, not doing anything where you're moving quickly is, is going to be to your detriment. But yeah, I really uh, the really the biggest thing is building aerobic fitness, building cardiovascular fitness and building local muscular fitness as well. Like I said, on a cellular level, that's not just low and slow that's not going to get you there completely if that's all you do you definitively start to hurt your ability to do things like burn glucose for fuel and what's going to happen is at various points during during this event you are going to be in those higher threshold areas it's just going to happen and i think a lot of people underestimate how high intensity even a short relatively brisk climb is when they're wearing full kit yeah and this, yeah. Is, this is not strictly aerobic yeah. No, it really. I mean, if we if we provide example there, the the, the local training that I've been doing, um, I think at the weekend I covered off. Uh, well, I don't know. You haven't actually seen this data because my Garmin buggered off. <laughs> but the uh, the uh, I think the gradient, the, the elevation gain over the total day was something like sixteen hundred meters or something. So that, that's that's a decent amount of gain uh, over the course of a, a six hour bout. Uh, and I know that day one, and that was tough. So, so on some of the peaks, uh, some of the gradients were hard, uh, and some of the pushing was hard. Uh, and I know that I was right up in top end, 190 beats per minute easily, uh, which yeah. is close to my max. Uh, but I also know that when I hit that peak and turned over at the top, I could uh, have a quick uh, high five with my imaginary peak buddy, and then oh, as a, I didn't have to lie down at the top and go, oh my god, I need to take a quarter of an hour here to get my breath back because my heart rate came back down to a manageable. 
145, 155 for me is, yeah. is pretty aerobic uh, and uh, and start moving down the hill at a good clip. Um, so yeah. immediately just that recovery from that from that particular, but um, that, that's one uh, 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 climb and I did many yeah. of them. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just once, you kind of get away yeah. with it. And I think had we not done that kind of work, I know that I might have managed, uh, you know, let's say we just thought, okay, this is a, a low intensity, trudge that we're, we're aiming for this is just point a to point b and the grit to keep going um if i hit a hill or hit, a, hit, a, hit an obstacle i'm done for really yeah. same conversation came about not directly with you but about the uh, the fueling in actual fact is you know are we fueling for for you know what kind of fuel do we need do we need lots and lots of long range kind of fat fueling or do we need carbohydrates and you just have to look at the bloody map and know that <laughs> day one <laughs> on this thing yep. the the, uh, the terrain's pretty tough there's two yep. peaks i think there's a there's over a th i might be there or thereabouts a thousand meters of elevation in snowshoes as, we, as we've been discussing off here uh, if that doesn't get your heart rate up then either either you're not really moving and just daydreaming about it or there's yep. something very very strange going on so yeah, yeah. And, and another part of the speed work, which I've found very interesting from a from a personal perspective, is that uh, is the uh, the awareness of self, the awareness of your body. If you're if you're running fast and you're running a, a really good clip, uh, and and one thing I find a, a treadmill pretty useful for, in actual fact, because you you kind of have to react a little bit to the treadmill, uh, not in the way people bang on about, but but certainly you have to be aware. If if you if you fall, you're going to do that kind of comedy YouTube spin off the back of it, aren't you? So <laughs> you have to be pretty sharp, and I think becoming super hyper aware of, of how your body is moving at speed and, and, and allowing that kind of control of gait and all the rest of it feeds back into moving slowly, quote unquote, slowly, yeah. Yeah. so well, uh, that it's something that's, that's clearly overlooked in, in a lot of programming. But uh, yeah, that's, that's been, that's been the one question I think, because I've posted up now and again, I'm terrible with Instagram, but posting up now and again with stories and you can see me doing a bit of sprint work or I've said, you know, 10 repeats doing what I'm just describing what we've been doing. And then immediately get the question. I thought you were doing a, an ultra marathon. Why are you doing sprint work? And so there you go. There, there's there's the answer. I haven't answered those questions directly because I'm too bloody grouchy to do it. But here, if, anybody, if anybody stayed with me, then that here's the answer now. Well, because I was going to say, because the the last thing as well that you'll see is a lot of times when people do a lot of extremely long distance work, their gait starts to also worsen yep. as well. They stop picking up their feet. Uh, they start adopting the whole ultra shuffle. And again, a lot more, a lot of that speed work, it maintains, you maintain things like that triple extension, proper triple extension on the run. And uh, when people start to get sloppy with their gait, with their turnover, like you said, they, they forget how to move quickly. And uh, anytime you're going to pick up your feet, you're going to have to be picking up your feet. Yeah. You, you see people who do nothing but the low and slow work and they'll, they'll stumble over pebbles. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting so it's it's everything like you said it's it's from the the, the physical need uh, the physical need the proprioception the you know the, the you know bio biochemistry everything um so you know it's it's sometimes again it's, it's sometimes a, a difficult sell to people uh who are thinking okay mentally i should just be doing this i should just be doing this you know i, I should be going out and doing endless long slow hours what i'm going to need this for but as you pointed out you know the, the first time you get to a climb and you've got however many kilos of kit on and you're going uphill you're not going to stay absolutely aerobic unless you are taking one step every you know five or six seconds it's just not going to happen yeah yeah 
I can tell you from experience, it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you might want to, you see, we still go through that kind of, I feel great on the first eight to 10 steps yeah, exactly. that particular claim. I can probably charge up this, at, you know. Yeah, like, I'll make up some time right now. <laughs> and then you suddenly realize how human you are. <laughs> oh, I'm not the Batman we described. Oh, this isn't that challenging. I don't know. This is a very generous cutoff. I'm going to beat this by four hours. <laughs> Uh, dear, if, <laughs> if only, if only me. Uh, so one other thing, uh, we'll jump about a little bit here, but it's just because it sits nicely with what we've just been discussing. Uh, or or to, to throw back a little bit, in actual fact, does that recovery time between those bouts uh, gives us a good indication, doesn't it, of uh, the overall kind of, uh, uh, I was going to mm -hmm. say power, but I'd be conflating words, but the, the overall capacity, let's say, of my aerobic yeah. system. Uh, and, and one thing that we we enjoyed a few weeks back, a couple of weeks back, was um, my, I guess, my, my lack of, um, what, what would you call that? Well, let me describe it so we can kind of build a picture, is that we did some heavy sprint work. I think there was a, a weighted vest or a loaded uh, pack involved, and, and um, I came away and we talked that night, and uh, you were asking me how the session had gone, because I've been recording the data. Uh, for anybody who's been following along, I've been recording the data uh, and then not looking at it, deliberately not looking at it during or after. Sometimes if you've given me markers that I need to pick up on, then I'll, I'll monitor that during the session. But for the most part, I've been kind of following on with RPE, haven't I? And, and you know, hit this at RPE 8, move up to 9, see if you can hold it for X amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got however much time you've given me to recover before the next bout, as an example. Uh, and I think I came away from this and you asked me how I'd done and I thought it was bloody awful. <laughs> it was a terrible session. And, and um, I, I think retrospectively, probably leaning into the parts that did feel horrible and not recognizing what was good. There's a great opportunity to uh, experience again the power of having a coach or even just having somebody who's, who's willing to kind of enter into these discussions with you and listen, because I was, I was kind of wrong. My interpretation was wrong, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, actually, that's that's happened a couple of times because, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, the entire thing about being being in an experience is it's all going to feel terrible. You know, it's, uh, intervals never feel easier. Running never feels easier. It's you, you just you do. You just go faster. Yeah. Uh, it's never going to feel fantastic. And the nice thing about being able to sit where I'm sitting is and maybe you see it more readily when you're doing a, a lifting workout and you see that, OK, you know, I, I didn't the, the, the weight I wanted to move didn't move, but the session felt good. It's sometimes harder to look at a lot of objective metrics in a lot of this uh, conditioning work, especially when you're not looking directly at the data. And I can do things like look at your heart rate recovery in between intervals and see that your heart rate recovery has improved dramatically and see that after a hard, after a hard interval, which may feel objectively terrible, your system is absolutely recovering and you're absolutely your heart rate is coming back down. It's not spiking up to what it was. You're recovering very well. Uh, your pace is staying up and in many cases what i've noticed a couple times is you know when you do a lot of these a lot of these workouts week to week to week i'm looking at a given time domain looking at the overall level of stress with it and then looking at it again how quickly you're recovering in between each one and it's you know it's the kind of thing that improves across the board yeah and each and every one it's you may say that's you know that session felt absolutely awful but i show that that interval you you know rather than it taking 48 49 seconds for you to kind of return back to you know your kind of easy zone two or whatever else now it's only taking you 39 38 37 36 seconds yeah. and seeing metrics like that and and being able to look at it it's 
you know, your own, your own perception is, is very much a liar with this kind of training. And it, it's just, all of us are like that by virtue of the fact that we're in it, we're existing in it. Yeah. And we think we know the objectives. And in some cases with a lot of this training, it's difficult because the paces are being adjusted on the back end that you may not necessarily see because they only adjust by a second or two per mile over week. And you just know that last time we did this workout, it felt, you're expecting it to feel easier this week. And in fact, it felt harder. Well, that's because objectively it is harder. You just perhaps not necessarily aware of that slight small tweak and yeah, yeah, yeah. little things like that. So being able to sit where I'm sitting and seeing your, seeing your paces improve, seeing your heart rate recovery improve, seeing a lot of these fundamentals slowly improving over time and being able to plot them on an actual graph and looking at your overall rate of progression is it, I have the benefit of being able to do that. Yeah. Sitting where I'm sitting. And, uh, you know, I think I, I'm trying to recall what the, uh, what the metrics are that we were discussing that one time in particular. Um, it, it, was as, it, it was as simple as, uh, I think I did the workout again just, just last week because I sent you a very excited message, didn't I? Do you remember just yeah. saying that? Yeah. Because, because, I, I, because now I was looking at it from a different perspective. It was simple, as simple as, uh, this isn't it, I can't remember the actual workout off the top of my head, but it was as simple as there were, there were some hard-paced um, quarter miles, uh, yeah. something like a five and a half minute miles. And I think you told me off because I was going too fast at one point, I think. Um, yeah. The... <laughs> the um, the paces were set in order to to elicit an, a response from me uh, and then slow back to uh, a, a pace that we know is aerobic and and yeah. essentially you wanted my heart rate to come down to meet that pace back yeah. at that aerobic value again and yeah. uh, and it was doing and more so uh, and i think yeah. the first time i did it i hadn't recognized it at all as you say yeah. uh, i guess i was uh, for, for people who lift maybe it's easier to think well you know, I'm, I'm pushing the weight overhead or, or, or squatting it, let's say, and, and, you know, it felt like a grinder, you know, and then I put the weight down, do another one, and it felt like a grinder. And I'm remembering what the grind was like, whereas yeah. you're telling me, yeah, but you just did eight lifts with, with 30 seconds. Yeah. You know. yeah. And it's kind of similar, isn't it, is that I was able to do these things, and I was remembering that kind of, Jesus, that felt horrible. My heart felt like it was actually in my eyes somewhere, and, and yeah. you know, uh, You've done this before. I was, I was about to say I was uh, bleeding from my from my skin as I was running, but yeah, <laughs> you've, actually, you've actually done that lifting, haven't you? But the, uh, the 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 whole thing felt terrible, and I came away somewhat dismayed and was able or dis disheartened is probably a better way to put it. And that night, able to say, yeah, it felt like shit, and you're like, well, actually, your your recovery was was the yeah. best it's ever been. And yeah. so the next workout. It was interesting. I still, I still pushed because the numbers were there that I had to, or, or the, the target was there that I had to push for. But then I kept a kind of a half an eye on how do I feel between these times, and I was able to, before the end of the workout, send a quick message saying I can see it now. You know, my, my heart rate's down uh, one yeah. one forty something. It was within yeah. within seventeen seconds during one of the intervals, and it had yeah. been it was like, how is this even possible? And you. Yeah. You're probably at the other end of the line going, yeah, I fucking know. I've been seeing this for, <laughs> for X amount of weeks to you. It's been, exactly. it's been a great process because actually offsetting it like that uh, to somebody else and saying, well, deliberately, I'm not going to look at that. Taught me, yeah. taught me lessons about my interaction uh, with myself, taught me lessons about the interaction with, with the workout itself. That I can probably take back to coaching, but certainly as an athlete that I'll, I'll take forward. Um, but also allowed me not to, my not tinkering with that, uh, was very very useful because very yeah. tempting isn't it to say well Absolutely. it felt hard so that means i am a shit athlete or it felt hard so that means i maybe set it too high and i need to adjust this and actually it felt hard because it's supposed to feel hard <laughs> I, I remember years back 
this, this puts me in mind of an, an athlete I had, a lovely guy, uh, Smudge, uh, who, who was lifting weight and he'd got to the point where he could lift whatever it was, over his overhead press, and he could lift it for X amount of reps. And it was, he was happy with that. He says, this is good. It feels good. So I put more weight on the bar. And he said, <laughs> you know, well, how am I ever going to get better if you keep putting more bloody weight on the bar? <laughs> I remember being so confused at that as a statement, but also I understood what he was saying. He was like, yeah. well, I've, just, I've just met that target and now you've fucking yeah. moved the goalpost again. <laughs> So how am I going to get better if you force me to yeah. keep <laughs> It's like, well, that is you getting better. And I think that was the same, that, that was the same moment, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. Alex, yeah. how am I ever going to become an athlete if, if everything feels horrible? Well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's supposed to feel horrible, but look at look at what you just lifted. You Look at what you just lifted. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think we all do that in our own training, though, because the moment we feel like we're really struggling, we feel like we're really hitting a wall, it's so hard to look at things objectively. Yeah. Because as much as we make excuses sometimes for poor performances, we also make excuses for good performances. Performances. And we say that that good performance, what I thought a good performance was, if, if I go out for a run, and let's say I, I do a specific run, I do a specific trail, and I feel slower than last week, and I look at it, and yeah, it, it, the pace was maybe not quite the same as last week, but my heart rate was lower on it. Yeah. I start thinking, well, my heart rate was probably lower because I just wasn't pushing enough. So maybe I'm burnt out. And, you know, maybe there's this, and you start catastrophizing all the reasons, <laughs> rather than thinking, well, maybe maybe I'm just actually having an easier time doing the work. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't push as hard for whatever reason. So, you know, the, the, the difference between giving yourself possibly the, the realistic interpretation, which may in fact be the more charitable, which we often don't do in our own training, especially if we know we have an objective coming up, we know we have a big goal, we know we have something that we feel perhaps on some level, maybe I'm not prepared for this. There's this immediate thought to say, if I don't feel definitively on every single training session, like I'm heading more in that direction, even if I am, there's this urge to change something. There's this urge to think that something might be wrong here in the process because we've given ourselves no latitude. We, you know, we, we, we think that we're here and we need to be here. So anything that's not directly in this direction is a step in the wrong direction. And sometimes it is, it's, it's very difficult to look at what we're doing and say, I am heading in the right direction. I may just not be necessarily looking at the right parameters right now. Yeah, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, is what parameters to look at, because there are so many sometimes. Yep. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, but it's been fun. It's been fun overall. Uh, I think what we'll do, Alex, is uh, we we didn't even cover off which way to do this before we come on air. Is I think if we cover off training, I want to talk about the strength training element as well in a minute, and then we'll kind of close off this podcast, and then we'll come back to another one with your permission, uh, and and put two back to back, I think, and talk about maybe nutrition and strategy uh, for for a, for a separate podcast, so that we're not overwhelming people with information. But um, strength then, so. Again, the, the key uh, goal, if you like, is is this kind of ultramarathon, uh, extreme ultramarathon um, distance, uh, and through these kind of extreme environments. But one of the one of the other uh, key things that we wanted to do was maintain and uh, you know add to overall strength. Some parameters we discussed, but really it was kind of a baseline. Let's just make sure we're we're, we're most certainly not losing anything and, and using the potential to gain overall strength in some given lifts. And, and given a few kind of injury profile things that I've got going on, I'm never going to be the greatest squatter in the world. And we know that one week I can press X amount and the next week I can press X amount divided by four. <laughs> so, so it's just that with those things in mind, we still, or you still put together a strength um, uh, aspect uh, and, and a big component of the training in actual fact has been strength training. But if you if you'd like to uh, or if you can can you talk us through what kind of uh what 
informed that for you? What, what, what kind of parameters are you looking at in that? I know what it looked like as the athlete, but I'd be interested to know why you put that together from your perspective. Sure. Uh, so a lot of the a lot of the strength work. I mean, uh, first of all, it's uh, one of the one of the basic premises, of course, is you know not not splitting out strength and hypertrophy work and, and not splitting out not not periodizing the strength work into different phases. Basically, main, making sure that we are continuously, concurrently emphasizing every aspect of strength, whether it's rate of force production, coordination, balance, uh, you know, muscle hypertrophy, size, working accessories, is is making sure that the program. Since we have the luxury of basically, it's basically a, a 14 week cycle that we are 14, 14 day cycle that we've been doing. Yeah. So rather than getting caught up in the sort of myopic, okay, you, you know, each, each week is, is the same thing over and over again, it's allowed us to kind of rotate a lot of these stressors over the course of two weeks, or in some cases, if we've had to push it out over more than that. Mm-hmm. Now, so we can approach each element of strength, like pressing strength, for example, uh, with a couple of different major lifts. And a lot of it, there's been a, a good combination. There's been a little bit of plyometric work, uh, you know, a little bit of focus on the explosive side of things. Uh, we've done a lot, and actually in a lot of the plyometric and agility work, a lot of that not only benefits the running, it benefits the strength work as well. Yeah. Uh, doing things like being able to focus on balance, being able to focus on, again, the appropriate section, where the weight is around your body. And I think by virtue of the fact that we have not been able to do as much strength training as obviously a dedicated strength training program would be, uh, a lot of it is again finding what is that kind of minimal effective dose, and in terms of what's going to let you continue to stay strong in at least two different planes of motion in a press. Uh, what's going to give you still you know, strong hip hinge strength? What's going to give you still strong you know ability to stand up under heavy load? And that's kind of been the the three overarching. The, these are the themes associated with strength training. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of it has been, you know, the, the same basic structure of uh, beginning with one to two compound movements and uh, progressing from there. There's been a good amount of unilateral work. Uh, there's going to been a good amount, and it, on the, especially on some of the plyometric days and other days, there's a lot of balance work and side to side shifting work, which benefits the strength training as well. Because you know, being able to look at your stability on one leg is very much going to affect your stability on you know, heavy, heavy Bulgarian split squats, which is going to affect your stability and strength on any kind of, you know, deadlift and squat movement, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I think though, the best way to describe the strength work has been <laughs> more or less varied. And yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think you've noticed that there's a, there's a lot to it, but um, it's, it is absolutely concurrently on working on every component associated with strength development at once and not being wed to specific movements, not being wed to specific bilateral, unilateral, uh, really just thinking about it in terms of gross movement patterns and maintaining proficiency in movements, even if we are not necessarily building specific strength or force development in movements. Like always giving you the possibility, the the facility lifting overhead and always giving you you the, the general stimulus of some sort of heavy hip hinge and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the, the um, sorry, to cut you off there. No, um, go ahead. Uh, the, the 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 first part of that, which I think uh, shouldn't but does blow people's minds, is the fourteen day cycle, isn't it? Is that usually people are married to a Monday to Sunday? This is the way the microcycle works, and and as you said at the, the top end of that description, that it would also follow a, a sort of a periodized pr- approach. So we're going to do X for four weeks, and then we're going to take a deload or, or however people kind of see that stuff panning out and we know i don't think probably our listeners need us to 
to, to push the merits of concurrent training and understanding that if we're, you know, if, if we're trying to manage all these things in one program, then we, you know, periodizing it in that manner isn't actually going to work and it's not necessary. But what has been interesting is that 14, 14 day window. It's, it's been quite, again, a fun, a fun way to do things because the variety, as you say, not just from a, a, a physical perspective in, in terms of what we're looking at for, from an, an adaptive perspective, the variety as an athlete actually going in and saying, well, this day I'm doing such and such uh, makes it, makes it uh, really quite easy to attend to because there's, there's lots in there, as you've just described, there's lots to be doing. I understand why it's there as well. So I never have to have that kind of, well, why the fuck am I doing this question? That doesn't really pop up. Uh, so, so, I mean, that maybe that's just where I am with the programming, but I've enjoyed that 14 day cycle. Um, what, uh, what we've also done and been able to do coming back to this kind of data management and, and all the rest of it is I think we've been able to roll the punches a little bit, you and I as well, haven't we? And oh, yeah. there have been issues, um, with my shoulder, uh, some issues. Also, I was ill for a bit. We had to kind of play back out of that. But certainly, the the, the kind of injury profile, like I keep harking back to, I'm, I'm sound like I'm making excuses to people, but I am not <laughs> I'm just broken. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these different issues I've got, we've been able to find um, different ways of working the same thing, uh, which has been fun. Because right. if, if we say, okay, this particular movement here is causing this previous injury to, to kind of flare up because we've done X amount of work and, and it's just, this is, this is now too much for that particular joint or whatever. Uh, that doesn't mean we then have to remove that, let's say overhead element. It's just, we have to find a way through a little bit of trial and testing and say, okay, why don't we try doing it this way? Or why don't we, why don't we try this particular movement? It might not work for first time around, but uh, a little bit of communication got us there. And so we're able to kind of present a program that then has all these elements that you're describing uh, without ever being something where you're, we're married to the fact that it has to be written this way because that is the way that it has to come out. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's actually a really important point as well is saying that if you can't do a specific movement because of discomfort, there's, there's usually some way to do it. There's usually yeah. some way to get the, the same I hate the term like foundational movement and everything else, but if you feel like a, a conventional barbell overhead press isn't working for you, there are a lot of ways to still continue improving your ability to support a weight overhead or yeah. over your eye line, which can still be an important thing to do. I mean, you know, who knows? It, it, there's still a way to continue to train that that doesn't necessarily involve a barbell overhead press. There is so many different loading progressions that you can do, so many different, uh, you know, unilateral variants and uh, configurations you could get into with your lower body that still allow you and and being able to work through that and realize that you know the the objective here is not just to get a better overhead press the objective here is to continue building and maintaining your ability to generate force or support weight in a specific range of motion and, and realizing that the the lift itself is just the tool it's just a means to an end yeah. it is just a given lift is just the specific answer you have to the initial question and sometimes if that answer no longer works you just you, you give it a different answer uh, that's that's really it yeah and i love that I actually think, that's that's a really um concise and succinct way to to kind of describe that in actual fact is the the question and answer thing that's uh you, you should you should patent that somehow that, that works really well because <laughs> it, it does make it does make a lot of sense because as you say you know we are not in the business or certainly with this program and with this particular uh, project of making sure that one of the things is that Johnny Payne can press X overhead in, with a barbell uh, and, and, you know, it's not there, but it doesn't need to be. But, but in that same 
thought process, uh, maintaining my ability, as you say, to kind of apply force in a, in, in a, you know, structurally, we want to be able to not so much demonstrate strength as, as, uh, as use that strength uh, within sort of different circumstances. Uh, means that pressing in that manner is useful, but it doesn't have to be with a barbell. It doesn't have to be in this particular movement. It could be any means. And so adjusting that should should not have the effect where, where in this case, myself being the athlete, where you think, oh, fuck, but I was getting so close to a PB. It, it really hasn't hasn't really mattered in, in any no. shape or form. It's uh, do you feel stronger is really, really difficult to quantify, isn't it? But there's no doubt exactly. I do. Um, and although at the moment, I think I probably can now again, but for a while there, I couldn't press overhead. Uh, we were able to kind of play with some other lifts where it was clear that there was a decent amount of weight being shifted. And uh, yeah. Yeah. and overall, structurally, I'm coming out of it relatively strong. So, yeah, it works. Because I, I think the, that just ties onto one last thing. And I, I think something that's kind of been an overarching thought here is I think there are a lot of people who do ambitious events or who want to do ambitious events that are dealing with uh, a lifetime of, of injury and restricted motion and you know there's that that saying that you know as you get older it's not that you get injured you just acquire you know small minor permanent disabilities and, uh, <laughs> i think but i think a lot of that is self-fulfilling because one of the one of the things you do is you say you know this movement is bothering me i can't do this movement anymore so they cut it out almost completely yeah yeah and what was previously just a restriction in a certain way of doing a movement suddenly becomes I'm no longer doing this. I'm no longer pressing overhead. I am now making this self-fulfilling because it wasn't working prior the way I was choosing to do it. The answer I was choosing to use to this question, how do I get something overhead? My new answer is I just don't. Like, is that <laughs> yeah. all I'm going to do at that point is guarantee that I have now completely restricted that entire yeah. Yeah. arena to myself. And over time, yeah, it is. It's going to be self-fulfilling. If I stop doing this for two years, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I'm taking an existing restriction and making it worse. And I think that's why it's very much, you know, as you, as you deal with more injuries and as you deal with more restrictions, you find ways around them as much as possible. And you don't get so wed to conventional ways of training these systems and training these joints and training these movements, because after a while, if you do that, your, your list of your, your list of things you can do is just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's not what we want to be doing. No. Not when we're trying to improve durability and we're trying to maintain strength and we're trying to keep you as, as strong as humanly possible in the process. We don't want to reduce the list of movements and positions you, you can move your body in because eventually you're going to get to the point where you may have you know fantastic aerobic capacity, but you know, you twist wrong getting out of bed and you you throw something out, or you know, you pick up your pack to put on your shoulder and suddenly you've done so little overhead stability movement that you know, you pop something out. Yeah, the, the pack actually was, was the specific kind of thing I was thinking of there. If you've got, I think my pack's about 11, 12 kilos. If you're throwing that on fast because you don't want to be standing around the Arctic and you don't have any overhead strength because you gave up because one particular movement hurt, yeah. that fucking pack's going to hurt. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt whatsoever. Yeah. But you're right, mate. You're right. It's, it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, view to have of, of training, but one that I think both you and I agree wholeheartedly on is that you're not really just looking at what is going to make you stronger in X, Y, and Z uh, lift. You know, how do I get my deadlift up, or et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, what's the outcome? What's the what's the demand of the overall? What what is it you're looking to do here? Uh, and and uh, you know, then the rest is problem solving, isn't it? And as you say, yeah. the question might be, you know, 
how, uh, you know, how, how do I get stronger in this particular position? But the answer could be any number of ways. You know, it's uh, if you marry. We had a podcast just last week, Dr. Phil uh, Price and I, where what the question was, do hybrid athletes need to squat, bench and dead? And, and the answer was ultimately no, um, unless they are powerlifters. And this, this kind of feeds into that same question, which is, do we need to do is actually the answer to that is nothing is no do we need to do x y or no you don't there's so many ways to skin a cat. whatever it is no no yeah. no you don't need to do it at all we, we can always yeah. find a way to, to manage that unless unless you have a mechanical impediment that's that's never going to be overcome like you don't have that leg or something you know? yeah, exactly. in my case i do and, and that, you know the, the knee issue is the same for me how do we work around that well we going right back to the very beginning of this uh, show uh, we worked a lot of the plyometrics, the agility, that, that kind of uh, powerful ballistic movements, etc., in order to ensure that that particular issue was something we didn't have to kind of circumnavigate. We could work through that and actually kind of uh, powerfully present ourselves with solutions. And so far, this this is pre-event, <laughs> so we're, we're all full of... Uh, piss and vinegar at the moment but we might find a couple of weeks down the line well that didn't work and my legs off now but uh, <laughs> well, now i am feeling like we we, are, we have covered all all the bases with what has been an excellent program yeah well and i think you know just to just to kind of wrap it up a bit my my general thought with a lot of these kind of events and certainly with this one was let's not have something avoidable take you out because that's always what it is isn't it it's yeah, yeah. let's not let's not have some movement detriment let's not have some uh, you know, some situation that should have been easily, easily handled some, you know, small, you know, physical imp impediment or some small physical challenge, anything that you could handle, let's remove the or reduce the likelihood that anything is going to stop you from leveraging your existing physical capability. And, you know, that's what strength and conditioning programs should all be about anyway. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's not just let's make you better at your sport. It's like, let's, let's put you in a position where the rigors of your sport are something you are physically more able to handle. Yeah. And I think that's that's been a, a big part of this program and a big, I think a big part of this philosophy. And it's actually a really interesting application of, of, of what we've, we've been doing for, you know, you and I have been doing on, uh, on a coaching perspective for close to a decade now uh, with a lot of this concurrent training, especially dealing with people like, you know, military and all these other all these other groups is saying, OK, let's let's not only make you physically the best you can be, but let's also ensure that we are not leaving any fitness on the table that will better help you manage the challenges of your activity of your day-to-day -day, yeah. of whatever is going to get thrown at you out in the field absolutely batman batman <laughs> <laughs> and on that very odd note we'll wrap this one up i think mate and uh, we'll come back like i said and do a uh, do another one uh, if you're willing on on uh, maybe some some more strategy and and uh, people have asked a lot of questions about the calories and things and and yeah. uh, you and i both have a, a reasonably good insight into that i'd like to hear yours uh, from that perspective i'm sure other people would too so we'll come back and do that one but in the meantime uh, where can people find you, Alex, and how, how do people get a hold of you? I know the answer to that, but tell everybody else. <laughs> I was going to say the best way is honestly on Instagram, either at Complete Human Performance or at Alex Viata. Uh, the spelling is going to be in the notes, probably. Yeah, yeah, we'll put so that. Those are the, those are the two best places. Uh, from there, there are all kinds of links to you know websites, all the information content we've got, where to find the Batman template. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would encourage people wholeheartedly to have a look at that, even if you just want to go in as a coach and have a read of that. And another another part of what you do, uh, we do, and and you do exceptionally well. I think I'm a member of your group. Is uh, you have uh, an education forum, don't you, Alex? Yep. What, what happens on there? 
stays on there. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, an, another resource that's, that's w uh, worth shouting out is that there are some excellent things happen on there and, and templates, some of your templates, some of the things that you, some of the projects that, that I know you've been enjoying uh, as much as just uh, quote unquote commercial products. These are, these are kind of little labors of love of, of yours. They really see. are. Yeah, I can see that in the writing of them, hence the Batman one. Uh, so yeah. people can, if, if they follow the dots uh, uh, and follow the breadcrumbs through alex.viada, at alex.viada, and or uh, at Complete, Complete Human Performance, you can find those resources as well. That would be it. Right, grateful to have you on, and uh, hopefully see you next time. And Absolutely. that's that. All right. Thanks, Bye for now.